New Investor Show, Episode 4. What you are about to experience is the New Investor Show, featuring David the Diamond Oswald and Jay Scott. Welcome to the Zone. Welcome to the New Investor Show, Episode 4. I'm your co-host, H.J. Scott. I'm here with David the Diamond Oswald, our resident expert. Hello, David. Hey, Mr. Scott. How's everything with yourself? Oh, everything's great. Everything's you sound, great. You sound great today. How's your uh, How's your pet bird doing? Um, it's hard to answer, but she's doing okay. She's doing well. Hopefully, she'll be quiet for the duration of, <laughs> of this episode. But you we'll, know, for we'll our, see. for our listeners out there that didn't know, uh, Mr. Scott has a pet bird, and uh, the only reason I found that out one time was because I heard the, the, kind of this bird sound in the back, and I was like, "Jay, what is that? A recording?" And he said, "No, that's that's my pet bird." So I uh, I took that to mean that Jay's one of the the, the few people out there that uh, you know he takes the shot and, and has a, a bird in his house. So uh, Jay, I love you for it, man. That's cool. Oh, uh, thank you. Uh, yeah, it was. It's been an experience. Let's let's say that. <laughs> <laughs> so here we are, ladies and gentlemen, on episode four already of the New Investor Show. And again, the New Investor Show is the voice for the new investor, the person out there that's making it happen in this market right here, right now. And believe it or not, Jay, we're already on the third episode of our series here, and our series is called "Getting Your First Deal," or in some cases, for some of you, it's your next deal. And the New Investor Show is, is an incredible way for you to develop not only the, the correct step-by-step process, but also the mindset as well as you move forward in this thing called real estate investing. And, you know, you're right now, if, if you're on episode four, you've listened to at least all, if not most of our, our, our series so far, your, your mindset is already changing. You're, you're starting to go through a process where you're, you're viewing yourself as a business person. This is not a hobby. This is not something you do every other Saturday. This is not something that you do when you get a free moment. But instead, every day now, even if it was for 15, 20 minutes or or a half hour or so, you're thinking about your business. You're doing something productive in your business. And you're now becoming a business owner who maybe still works a nine to five job. But primarily in your head, you're starting to say, I'm a real estate investor. I'm an entrepreneur. I'm a business owner. I'm now transitioning in my mind from someone who's trying to do real estate, from someone who is making that that inevitable transition into being this investor who still kind of have, you know, happens to have a job on the side to support themselves and take care of their marketing. But that will eventually happen as your mind allows you to, to become that person. And, you know, in this series that we're going through, Jay, we're, we're kind of on a, a mission to determine the best way to get to that first deal or for some of you, that next deal. And I've chosen for you, you know, there's there's different strategies you can do to get your first deal. Uh, a lot of the time we talk about creative real estate strategies, the different, you know, the term niche that I use a lot, whether it was short sale, wholesaling, lease options, buying notes, you know, getting out there and, and maybe for some of you, you're buying your first property, you're getting a mortgage on it, you're doing more of a conventional finance. And I get that. And, and without a doubt, there are certain parts of the country where doing that might make a, a heck of a lot of sense for your first transaction. Uh, for example, I just got back from Texas recently and, you know, all over Texas, you could buy a property, a single family residence, 
maybe $25,000, $30,000, $50,000, you could go out, put 10% down on a mortgage and find still a positive cash flow in many scenarios. So maybe for some of you listening, maybe that's a strategy you're using right now. You just want to get your first deal. And some of the things I'll talk about may not be quite as important unless you were doing more of a creative strategy. So for the sake of ease, I've chosen, let's say, what a lot of you are interested in for a creative strategy, which is wholesaling. And again, wholesaling a property, you could wholesale anything in this life, in this world. You could wholesale uh, little trinkets on on eBay and, and make pennies at a time. You could wholesale cars. You could wholesale what we like to talk about, which is real estate investing, because real estate usually leads to a, a bigger spread in between. And AJ, there's nothing like a, a bigger spread in between, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> You know, why make three pennies when, when you know, you could use a, a different product like real estate and, and make yourself uh, $3,000, $5,000, $10,000 on a flip, right? Yeah, that's uh, more in that regard is always better. <laughs> Big time. AJ, before we really get into it, did you want to uh, let our listeners know where they could find us in, in different aspects? Uh, because coming up here, I, I did want to get into a, a very important question that I was asked by email uh, recently. So if you just wanted to make sure our listeners knew where to go, if they wanted to check out some of our last episodes or, or maybe they're downloading this from a, a referral site or something, if they wanted to find out about us, where would they go? Oh, well, okay. On the w- internet, the web, you can find us at newinvestorzone.com and you'll see, uh, you'll see, uh, you'll see the show, the new investor show, um, presented prominently on the site. Uh, also you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash the new investor. Also, um, you can find us on Twitter at the new investor. Oh, and also if you want to, if you want to ask us a question and possibly, and possibly get on, be featured on the show, you can call 920-48-ASK-US. That's 920-482-7587. And you can be a part of the uh, say what um, portion of the show. That is 100% correct, Jay. And, and that uh, leads us into say what coming up very soon here. And, you know, I had a great question from it, it looks like my uh, Steve H is who asked the question. And we'll get to that in just a second. But, you know, getting back to what I was touching on wholesaling, going out there with property, looking to control property looking to control it through a document, either an option agreement or a purchase and sale agreement, and then allowing yourself to assign that agreement in order to make your your money in this case. And this is uh, an extremely effective way if you're looking to build the cash flow side of your business. Let's say your first deal, you went out and you became a landlord. You bought a property. Maybe you got conventional financing and you you make a, a couple hundred bucks a month in terms of having a positive cash flow. And that's your start in the industry. You might say a couple hundred bucks a month is good so far for me based on the fact that I never had any passive income before, but I still lack the cash flow side. And in order to you know, get that cash flow side, some of you might want to also implement a, a different strategy. And in this case, we'll talk uh, about wholesaling since it seems to be a favorite of, of many people in the country and, and also internationally. So we've chosen wholesaling just for the sake of, of having to choose an option. And I talked about on last show having four and in some case, five different ways to market to your different lead sources. To me, that's the beginnings of building an actual business. If you only had one source, 
Uh, I get it. It's a nice start, but it's nice to think a little bit bigger, even from the beginning and say, listen, I need to have four different sources running semi-consistently, no matter what my budget is. I don't care if your budget is literally a hundred dollars a month. You should have a few different lead sources running, not just one. And I chose four that, that really are, are a big part of my business. And I, I think are, you know, a big part of many people's business. And that could be direct mail. That could be bandit signs. Uh, we get leads directly to the inbox that I, I pay a monthly fee for, and then also referral business. And then also Jay Scott mentioned MLS is where he got his first deal. So, you know, there's five of them for you right there. Many of them very inexpensive. Uh, if you wanted more information in detail on those four or five sources, go back to our last episode where I went into detail on those four or five. But at this point, you know, I, I really wanted to get into what was very important as to when you've now had your budget together, whether that budget was 100, 300, 1,000, 1,500 a month for some of you, whatever it is, you've chopped it up. You've said, I'm going to put 33% here. I'm going to put another 33% here, maybe a third here. And now the question that Steve H had, and here's our say what segment and say what was a segment that we created about two shows ago. And when you hear say what, you hear a little sound right here. Say what? Say what? And it's our little recognition that this is a very important thing to listen to. And it's say what? So here's the question from Steve H. He said, Dave, last episode, you talked about having four lead sources. He says, I have a budget to invest, but how do I know I'm ready to actually handle the marketing side? Great question. Very important. And there's a there's a couple different answers to that question. Again, he has the budget. He, he's ready to do his four lead sources. But how does he know that he's ready to handle the marketing? And, and why that is so important is because once it starts, once you send those direct mail pieces out, you'll get phone calls. Once those bandit signs go up, you'll get phone calls. You'll get responses no matter where you are. Uh, once you jump on the MLS and you want to have conversations with whether it's the real estate agent that's representing the property or, you know, whoever it is that you have to talk to, you have to be ready now to, to talk the business. And Jay, I, I know that, um, you know, back when you did your, your first deal, which was uh, a couple years ago at this point, let me ask you this. How was there challenges with the communication part? You being brand new to the business at that time and, you know, all the parties involved, the buyers, the sellers, the, the, the title agents, maybe an attorney, like, was it tough managing all that? Yes, it was. It was challenging because I did not know really what to expect. Um, I had an idea of what to expect, but I didn't know everything. I didn't know everyone that I needed to talk to, all the parties that were involved. And I had, and, and this is going in with a plan. So it was challenging getting that all together. Plus, at the time, well, at the time, and I still do, I had a uh, really more than a full-time job. And... So that that was challenging. Ah, big time. I mean, you, you come home and, you, and you're, you know, you just worked it eight or eight hour day or a 10 hour day and, and you're exhausted. And now you have to take a call with uh, a real estate agent and talk for 45 minutes and, and figure something out. And, you know, and, and in your case, whether it was a wholesale deal, whether you had direct communication with the the actual seller of the property. I mean, all of these things differ depending on the type of deal that you're doing. I mean, some of you listening right now might be saying, yeah, but David, I, I bought a, a property. I became a landlord and and really I just spoke to the agent and I had my attorney handle everything. 
that that's nice. And, and I'm glad that you did that type of, of, of deal. And, and I get where you're coming from. But once you venture into some of these more creative strategies like wholesaling, you would probably at some point have a conversation or two or three with the actual seller of the property. You'd have to lock that deal down, get your option agreement signed, get your uh, any other agreements that you would need as well signed off on. And you'd have to have kind of a script that you go by. And, and one of the things when I'm working directly, Jay, with someone in a one-on-one real deal mentorship program where they have access to me, they have the ability to, to work with me directly. This is one of the things that I spend a lot of time on in the beginning. I give them a script that's worked for me. I give them something that, that I've honed and, and worked on myself. And, and I've said, you know, how can we get you as good as possible at doing this so that one, you can decide whether or not it's for you or B, do you want to have somebody that you've trained on this to handle most of your phone calls? In the beginning, it would be nice if you at least have the ability to run through the script, handle it yourself, and at least speak to some homeowners directly yourself so you get a feel for what it's like. Now, if you say it's not your cup of tea, I get that. Not everybody. It's not for everybody. And now you know how to train or add someone to your team that can handle some of these phone calls as well. In uh. Go ahead, Jay. Yeah, you know, you know, a team is so important. I was fortunate that first deal. I did have the beginnings of a team. I had a, was working with an experienced um, agent, um, a realtor who was also an investor, who was, but also has specific um, um, experience with working with investors. Nice. So I knew where I wanted to go, but I didn't know every step that I needed to do the closing. The closing. Um, the, the closing agent, the title company, uh, had to find um, had to find a, a, a property inspector, had to find a contractor to look at the house and see if it was, you know, how much I should make that offer. And and having someone experienced was invaluable. I you know, I I don't know what I would have done. I probably would have messed it up if I didn't have someone experienced. Um, and, that, and that's good. And that's a nice little tip there for our listeners. You know, when you do work with a real estate agent. Um, someone that's had an experience with working with investors could be invaluable to your team in the beginning. It's not required. It's not something that you absolutely have to have, uh, but it is a nice thing, a nice little addition to the team. In some cases, if you're doing a wholesale deal for the first time and your direct mail goes out and you get a response, you may not have an agent involved in any way, shape or form um, at that point because there's no real need to at that point until you get to you know the, the area where you start to market the property. So you know, for some of you listening, the agent may or may not play a role. For others of you, you know, the, the agent might be a friend that you already met somewhere, uh, a real estate investment meeting, somebody that's a family member, whoever it is. Uh, all the advice that you can get along the way is, is nice to have. Yeah, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have been using an agent had, had it not been that I was, at that time, I was looking for properties through the MLS, the multiple multiple listing service. That's what the okay. MLS um, stands for. So, uh, I know that you know that, but I want to make sure. Our listeners understand that. So exactly. that, so that's the reason I made the offer through an agent. So that's why the agent wasn't involved. So, okay. I, you know, and as you said before, if if you were doing it through other marketing, um, you found the, the seller directly, you wouldn't nec- you wouldn't need to have an agent involved. In. And it's been my limited experience. You know, a lot of sellers don't want an agent involved. Exactly. And, and that's one of the things that. Somebody might come to you and, and somebody might come to me and say, well, Dave, if I can just jump on the MLS and, and find properties without spending any money on marketing, why wouldn't I just do that automatically? 
you would have it as one of your five sources, but understand the value of having a lead yourself that you've paid for and, and you've gotten this person's sole attention. You now have somebody that you have a, a very high chance of getting an agreement with versus somebody that's on the MLS for the whole county or, or state or, or region to see somebody that has maybe many, many people contacting them. It's not as strong of a lead in many cases. So, you know, the value of spending and investing in yourself, just just as a general habit, as being a business owner, number one, it's just something that you have to do and you should do. And number two, the value of that lead is so much greater than someone that's on a public record like MLS. So that that's why we go about doing that. And just to get into the script a little bit, I'll touch on just some of the finer points of it. I can't, you know, in, in a short 25 minute conversation like this that we have here on the new investor show, it's impossible for me to get into every detail. If I wanted to spend four episodes just on the script, I could. And, and that's what I do when I work directly with somebody in a, in a one-on-one relationship. But, you know, we, we get into some of the, the basics of it. There's a lot of rapport building in the beginning. Rapport building, I, I think everybody knows what that means. Just really setting yourself apart in the beginning of the conversation and not just getting right into business. If somebody calls you off of a direct mail piece and they say, you know, hello, is, is Jay there? Jay wouldn't then necessarily say, yes, is this about the direct mail piece and let's get right into business? You know, you have to kind of feel out the, 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 the person's situation slowly and, and, and find a couple uh, meeting points where it makes sense. If this person's driving 100 miles an hour on the highway, you may not want to uh, immediately have that full conversation, that 10 or 15 minute conversation with them right there on the spot. If you hear a baby crying in the background, you may not want to have that conversation immediately. You need to have this person's full attention. You want to read the background sounds. You want to read what their voice sounds like. Are they are they rushed or in a hurry? You want them to understand this might be a, a 10 minute conversation. And so you want to build a rapport by also kind of talking a little bit about why you sent that piece out, why you're in the business that you're in. Let them know a bit about yourself. Um, there's a reason that they're receiving the piece. It's not just because you decided to blast out, you know, uh, 150 pieces or, or 500 pieces to a local area. That that immediately takes away the specialness of, of why they're responding to you. You know, get a feel from them. Also, a lot of times if you ask one question, somebody might talk for two minutes straight, five minutes straight. Sometimes they'll, they'll just tell your whole their whole story sometimes, which makes your job a lot easier. You know, and, and once you get to that point, you've you've built rapport for a good three, four five minutes in the beginning. Then you can get into some of the questions that you'll need to know, explaining to them why you were intrigued by the property. Some of the main motivating factors as to why the person is looking to sell is very big. This part should go on for at least a full minute. And you don't want them to be short about this. You know, you want to know for a full 60 seconds or at least two minutes sometimes, why are they looking to sell? What's their main motivating factors? Because if they're not motivated, Jay, and, and you might have learned this already, Jay, there's no sense in proceeding with the deal if the person doesn't have a motivation and they're just looking to get full market value for the property. I mean, we're looking for to wholesale a deal. The essence of that is that you're finding it at a discounted price so that you can sell it at a higher price. You're not just looking to find any property 
where somebody would agree with you. I mean, yeah. does that? Yeah. Yeah. It makes you got to You have to know your numbers uh, as an investor. You can't buy at re- regular retail prices and, you know, make a make a living from that. It, there's you can't do that. Exactly. You know, unless you're unless you're operating as a charity. You know. <laughs> I don't think anybody listening to this is trying to operate as a charity. being a, a Not at investor. all. Not at all. I mean, one, one of the reasons we got into this is for, for lifestyle. And in order to have a little bit of lifestyle, you, you need to make a few dollars. And um, and we're here. You know, one of the nice things about this business is that you can often help someone in a, in a tough situation. And that tough situation could be anything from behind on payments, foreclosures. Uh, maybe they have to move halfway across the country because they got a new job offer. Uh, maybe they need to sell quickly for various other reasons, sicknesses, death in the family. Uh, divorces. There's a lot of you know negative reasons why they might need to sell quickly, but you could also be a solution to this this person and, and what they're going through. So you got to find out the main motivating factors as we move through the script here. Your rapport building, okay, and that rapport building goes on for a while. Then you start to talk a little bit about yourself. Then you find out the main motivating factors as why they are looking to sell, and you need you need to really find out what is that reason. If they are not revealing that reason or they're trying to be a little bit coy about it or whatever it might be, uh, you have to dig further. And that, that's one of the arts of working on this script, especially when I work with new new people that are working with me. We, we work on this side of the business because this is so important. Once the marketing starts, somebody has to do this part. And whether that's someone that you train and hire or if it's yourself, somebody has to do this part and do it well. After that, after you find out the reason, I would probably talk a little bit more about what I'm looking to do with this particular property, why you like the property, why you have an interest in it, maybe for yourself, but also for one of your cash buyers. Here's where you intimate a little bit about the fact that you may be working with a partner who you may sell this to. In essence, you know, the, the wholesaling aspect of it. Uh, you can then pull out what's called a property information sheet. And my property information sheets have all the details of different properties and you can then fill out the form. It's kind of a, you know, form with blanks on it. And you can find out things from bedrooms, bathrooms. Is there a basement, uh, taxes, all the things that you would need to know about a property. Now, now, is that something that that you have of your own? Is that an official document? That's something you've come up on your own. I had that created in-house on my own. It's, oh, okay. it's you know, it's something that um, you could find probably in any real estate investment group, people have access to their own forms. It's not an official document. It's not, you know, part of any sort of uh, official package as far as closing on a deal, but it's something that just as real estate investors, we need to have. And in a good business, you know, you're, you're having three to five of these filled out bare minimum every week because you're talking to potential deals and, you know, you want to have at least 10, 15, 20 deals a, a month that you could look at so that you have the opportunity to, to grow a pipeline. So, um, yeah, that's a, that's a form we developed through kind of uh, trial and error. And then at that point, I do like kind of a, a two part close, if you want to call it that. And, and as, in essence, on a first phone call that lasts 10 minutes with a homeowner that might be looking to, to sell this property, I wouldn't try to necessarily say at the end of that conversation, well, let me send you over my option option to buy agreement or my purchase and sale agreement. I'll fax it to you now. Although if somebody was really on board, I, I might do that on a first call. But normally my second call, which we won't discuss necessarily on this this particular show, Jay, 
But my second call is where I might set the appointment, go out to the house, bring my agreements and lock it down. And that's what I wanted. That's what I was about to ask you. When do you when or if um, do you actually meet with the seller? Right. Meeting with the seller is is something that you have to feel out if it's if it's a good first call. And, and you feel that this is a property that that is right for you. Then you probably want to set the appointment on that first call, hopefully for the next day or two out. Because if you if you set it for two weeks out, this person could forget totally about you. As crazy as that sounds, selling their house, how important that is. Life gets in the way for so many of these people and, and so many people, they forget stuff. So you could show up and have a no-show even if you drove 45 minutes to get to this property. So that's a that's something that really, you know, you'd hopefully have the appointment within a day or two or three days at the most. And you go out there and you have everything prepared. And probably on next episode here, Jay, um, I'll get into one of the things and, and some of the things that you'll do when you go out to a home, because you don't just show up, knock on the door and go sit down and sign agreements. There's there's some things that you do when you get out there. You're still examining the property, seeing if it's right for you. So now, related to that, do you think it's wise to to meet us rather quickly? You know, it, it, to me, it seems like you want to meet as soon as possible, as soon as you can. That's reasonable. Right. I mean, if let's say you called someone on a Saturday, they're off work, they're available that day. You spoke to them at 10 o'clock in the morning on a Saturday and they said, you know what, come out today at one o'clock. And, you know, they, they were that open and that ready to go. That's probably an ideal situation. Does it happen all the time? No, because you, you don't always respond to someone when they're available right away. Uh, but that would be an ideal situation. They've heard everything you have to say. They've explained their motivations. They've indicated to you that they are motivated. They're, they're possibly looking to sell at a discount. There's, there's some, some definite reasons why they're looking to sell now, not later. They understand because you've worked in your, to, into your conversation that I'm coming out there with an agreement. It's not like you just show up and, and you're meeting with someone for the sake of having a sit down. They would surely want to understand that, hey, at, at least I'm coming out with my option agreement, even if you just touch on that. That's how I do it anyway, because, Jay, I really I hate to waste time. I mean, I created an entire product on outsourcing your life because I'm, I'm a big proponent of the value of time. And I'd be a hypocrite if, if I didn't necessarily really look into how I, I use my time. So. You know, that's uh, a major point of, of how I break down this script and, and why I do it the way that I do. So does that make sense, man? That makes uh, 100% sense to me. Uh, I can't. I hate wasting time also. <laughs> so listen, I want to I want to thank Steve for that question. And, and, you know, it kind of led into what I wanted to talk about anyway already today. And, and Jay, I want to thank you for also you know, kind of telling telling us your side on the difficulties with dealing with the different parties. And I've really only touched on dealing with the actual homeowner at this point. We didn't get into the conversations yet that you would have with agents, possibly attorneys, possibly, you know, uh, cash buyers that are buying this property from you. Those are all different parts of, of this process as well. I've only talked about the initial point of it all. But again, like we said, we value our time. And Jay, our time is uh, just about finished here already, and these things fly by, these shows fly by, and, and I love them for it, but that's what this is all about, man, giving as, as good of information, and I promise to keep uh, 
these shows around 25, 30 minutes for everybody so that they can make it a habit in part of their life. I know you guys are busy out there. I know you get a ton of emails and we just want to be a part of your life a couple times every month. Is that right, Jay? Yeah, that is 100% right. Yeah, thanks, David. Thanks, everybody, for listening. So um, as we always do, Jay, we have our, our favorite uh, friend, our biggest fan of the show, and we'll send it out with her and uh, we'll go from there. All right. Talk to you next time. See you guys. I just love listening to the new investor show. David the Diamond and Jay make investing seem so seductive. So if you need more information, take a minute and check out riversofincome.com for real testimonial videos, incredible products, and amazing investing info. I'm going to riversofincome.com right now. Cheers, my loves. statements made in this show are not to be interpreted as a promise or guarantee of earnings. As with any business, your results will vary and be based on your desire, dedication, and personal effort. The authors and publishers of this show are not accountants or attorneys and are so not qualified to give accounting or legal advice. You understand this to be an expression of opinions and not professional advice. You are solely responsible for the use of any content. We thank you and appreciate your patronage and support.